0: So, Rob, to paraphrase a line from Star Wars, this is not the episode that you're looking for.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? <laughs> Those damn sith. They struck <laughs> we, again.
0: <laughs> we, were, we, we were promised a Patrick Fitzgerald deep dive, and yet here we are. Well, What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: know if that's my fault or your fault or the no. Empire's fault. Uh, <laughs> It just happens. I mean, Patrick, there's a lot going on with Patrick Fitzgerald. I mean, I love his music, and I think the guy is amazing. Um, yeah. But it, it's it's taken a little more, I think, to prepare for than your average everyday, you know, run-of-the-mill uh, deep dive. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so you and I touched base like four or five days ago and realized that neither of us were were ready to to get into yes. a deep dive on Patrick Fitzgerald and it just felt like if we had recorded that tonight it would have been pretty half-assed and it just felt kind of disrespectful so we're giving ourselves one more week to uh, to get our ducks in a row uh yes. so the the Patrick Fitzgerald Deep Dive will come out in May. Uh, Fortunately for us, there are five Sundays in May, so that gives us a little bit more time to get it all prepared. But in the meantime, we've certainly got plenty to talk about in this bonus track episode. So the um, Patrick Fitzgerald Deep Dive will either happen a week from today or two weeks from today who we we're not quite sure but it's (laughs) gonna happen in may we're feeling pretty confident we're not gonna make that
1: (laughs) promise just yet
0: (laughs) so when the idea of doing a bonus track episode this week came up it just it felt like perfect timing because we need to talk about chris bailey right yeah
1: oh yeah we definitely do
0: so uh for anyone who wasn't paying attention um Chris Bailey uh is was the uh lead singer uh primary songwriter and really driving force behind um the Saints. Yeah. And I, I, n- neither of us are experts but but I would say I feel fairly comfortable calling him a let's see a major punk icon if not the premier punk icon in Australia, a minor punk icon in the UK and sort of a cult favorite here in the United States.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned to you before we started that, uh, you know, this happened and I was already liking the saints. Um, I like their energy and especially the energy that Chris Bailey brings to it. So,
0: so we should say what this is. He passed away.
1: Uh yeah, rest, rest in peace, Chris Bailey. Chris died April 9th, um, and it really left a big hole, in, uh, you know, in the music industry, I, I got to say. He, he, was, he was, like he said, he was an icon and, you know, a big inspiration to a lot of people. And I was mentioning before we started recording that after this happened, I was listening to a lot of saints' music mostly Chris Bailey songs and getting an even bigger uh appreciation for for him and his songwriting and 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 the Saints music in general. So
0: Oh now now that confuses me a little bit. Are not yeah. aren't all Saint songs mostly Chris Bailey songs? Well, I mean, didn't didn't he no. do most of the songwriting?
1: He he did most of the songwriting, but there are uh can't remember if it's the first album the second album but there's a handful of of albums where there's songs spattered throughout you know um mm-hmm. and i always feel like they did do a damn good job regardless of who's the songwriter but yeah chris bailey is is the the main songwriter of the, of the band or was part of me good grief
0: yeah, yeah. So, so um, just just a few few like the most basic stats. Uh, Chris Bailey was born in 1956. He was Australian. He moved to England um, by the time uh, they released their first album, right? Yeah. They w- when they released Stranded, which is probably their most well, is definitely their most famous. Album and one of the first punk albums to be released. Um, they were a an, uh based in England. They Chris Bailey was the only member of every version of the Saints, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, he yeah. Yeah, he really is the common thread through all of it. I mean, you you said he was the driving force, and that is one hundred percent.
0: The true. Saints. Um, were together for a while then they split up and then Chris Bailey was in the Chris uh, the Chris Bailey combo he formed that in 1991 and they released uh, several albums and then the the Saints reformed in a fashion Mm -hmm. in 1996 and continued to release albums I think they released six albums um, after that and so we definitely need to listen to some music. So we, we have we have talked about The Saints quite a bit. Um, the Saints are a particular favorite of yours. They don't mm-hmm. resonate with me so much. If I remember correctly, their first album made it on to your top 10 of 1977 list, yeah. maybe even the top five?
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I do believe it was in the top five. It's hard to remember... And it's hard to think that they weren't on the top five. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think that's probably a right, a right thing.
2: A correct
0: thing that's right. And we, we did a mini dive on them, um, mm-hmm. in, uh, season two, I think it was towards the beginning mm-hmm. of season two. And so, um, uh, we encourage people to go back and revisit those, um, to, to hear more saints songs, but, but we've got two or three that we'd like to feature tonight, just to, um, you know, just in memory of, of Chris Bailey, and to um, to mark his passing and our appreciation that that he had on the punk and post-punk uh, movement. So let's start out with one of the songs we have. We have heard a lot of songs. Oh, and <laughs> the the. Their first album was one that we featured in the um, For To Explore episode in season one as well. So we really have uh, listened to a lot of songs off of that album, but there were still several good ones that we hadn't featured. So let's listen to one of those off of their first album. Uh, This is a song called The Story of Love.
2: What's that you say, girl? I did it all for me But you did it Walter Lose your ability
1: Really dig that song, and again, uh, the Saints are amongst my favorites. I love uh, Chris Bailey's vocals. Um, one thing, though, is is that he this was not a song written by Chris Bailey. Um,
0: yeah, so this was this was my pick, and yeah. I just I erroneously thought that he had written all of the songs, so I didn't even bother checking. It sure sounds <laughs> like a pretty pretty typical. Uh, Saint song, and it's yeah. certainly Chris Bailey singing the vocals. Yeah.
1: I think so. that I think that the band was so tight with each other that, you know, they had a certain sound and they had a certain vibe. And, and yeah. uh, so this tune was written by Ed Cooper, who's the uh, other guitarist in the band. And mm-hmm. uh, it just goes to show how well they work and they had like a really good, uh, you know, a really good working relationship. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you picked a, a, well, you picked a couple of songs uh, I did, I did. for uh, to feature from the Saints. Um, and the 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 last one will actually wait till the end to go mm-hmm. out on. That sounds appropriate. But uh, the first song that you picked is off of their second album. Is that yeah,
1: right? Yeah, it's off Eternally Yours, and it's called A Minor Aversion.
2: I'm taking all I can. I'm not going to stand. Here and be walked on no more Cause I don't need you These your facts They don't mean nothing no And you think I'm gonna walk that line To leave your life
1: I had read an article following um, uh, following Chris Bailey's passing. I read an article in Rolling Stone um, that Nick Cave had had quoted, and I think he made, he must have been interviewed before pass uh, you know Chris's passing. I could be wrong though. But at any rate, here's the quotes. Uh, the quote from Nick Cave: "It is impossible to exaggerate the resulting radical galvanizing effect on the Melbourne scene." These legendary performers changed the lives of so many people, myself included. In my mind, when you get praise like that from Nick Cave, you're pretty badass. You know, yeah. I mean, Nick Cave is one of my ultimate favorites. And, uh, you know, for Nick Cave to basically say these guys are they were kings, you know, that that is pretty high praise. So just a little bit of the, uh, you know, the magic that they 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 did in the music scene in Melbourne.
0: That's right. That's right. So, uh, just to summarize um, this up, we we both have um, a lot of appreciation for the work that Chris Bailey did. I, I know that you you are you have more of a uh, it resonates with you more than it does with me. But I, mm-hmm. I certainly. Um certainly do appreciate um his his contribution and I think the whole punk movement probably would have at certainly in uh coming out of Australia would have been markably different. Um yeah. you know, if he had decided that he wanted to be a baker instead <laughs> or something.
1: <laughs> Make shoes, right. <laughs> yeah. Chris Bailey doesn't found the saints chris bailey cuts hair that's what he
0: does that's right hey i want to thank uh paul c um for bringing this to our attention um oh yeah and it allows us to uh you know a month later but um still fairly timely of course we we record these these episodes a couple of weeks ahead of time, so we're always late on stuff like this. But uh, <laughs> thank, thank you for um, for your eagle eye and bringing that to our attention. We we appreciate it. Any last thoughts before we move on?
1: Ah, uh, rest in peace, Chris. That's about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, let's talk about Graham Parker and the rumor.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, um,
1: yeah, <laughs> I kind of say I kind of say that because honestly, I had never heard of Graham Parker in the rumor, Um yeah. And so he was, to- you know, that band was totally new to me. Um, I mean, I'm totally open to listening to whatever. So I'm just mm-hmm. not as familiar with Graham Parker. And-
0: yeah. So I was, but. Um- Never, never really spent much time thinking about him. And, and honestly, I originally, when I was putting together all all of our, the lists of bands that we would cover, I considered Grant Parker and then discarded the idea because uh, really only one of his albums is considered... By most people to have any sort of a real like new wave or post punk um, element to it, uh-huh. but that one is actually a fairly um, significant album, uh, pretty pretty highly revered. Shows up on some lists. With, I think was fairly influential, and that was that's the album called Squeezing Out Sparks, which was released in 1979. So. Somebody, I can't can't remember exactly how it came up, but somebody brought it to my attention that even though we weren't going to be covering Graham Parker, this was an album that we needed to include, and okay. so I put it on my list, but didn't actually get it into the rundown. So it was released in March of 1979, and uh-huh. we did not discuss it. <laughs> so we're playing right. a little catch up here. We're yeah. only a couple of months behind. So you know that that is a. A smaller one of our sins, (laughs) Um, and (laughs) so we're. That's right. (laughs) That's right. So so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it now. Um, It is credited to uh, Graham Parker, but the rumors played on it as well. Um, The album of again is called "Squeezing Out Sparks." I believe it was uh, Graham Parker's fourth album. I probably should have noted that, but I seem to remember that being correct. Village Voice voted it um, the number one album of 1979. And Rolling Stone magazine thinks it's the 334th (laughs) um, greatest album of all time. Okay. Wow. (laughs) There were um, a number of singles released, but none of them charted at the time. But it has kind of gone on to become, um, uh, you know, one of Graham Parker's uh, most popular albums. If you go onto Spotify, you'll see that I think in the top five, three of them, uh, three of the the top five songs are off of Mm -hmm. this album. Um, And one other little note. So Graham Parker... Before this, this stuff that he was doing was much more like kind of white guy soul. And oh. so he had a uh, a regular horn section, but for this they stripped it down, so they had no need for the horn section. So that the horn section went on since they had all this spe- extra time, I guess, went um and played on the Clash's London Calling. <laughs>
1: That's great.
0: <laughs> so, so Graham Parker lent well probably, not literally, but figuratively <laughs> speaking lent to them his uh, horn section. That's great. <laughs> so um we you and I chatted a little bit about this before mm-hmm. we started recording so I know um, your your reaction to this is this album is a little... Mooted, I guess. Yeah. The word.
1: Yeah. You know, I, so again, not being that familiar with Graham Parker and the rumor, I feel about his music on this album kind of like I felt about Elvis Costello when I first heard it. It's, <laughs> it makes me kind of go, oh, okay. Um, you know, it's not bad. And I, I will admit that listening to the lyrics of some of these songs, the songwriting's pretty cool. But, I just can't get excited by it. And, um, you know, people are saying that, that it's new wave or post-punk. I mean, I guess I, I can call it post-punk. I don't feel it new wave at all. Uh, you know, I, I kind of would put it on a, on a mixed album with like Tom Petty and, and again, Elvis Costello. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's some rock and roll element there to it, but, I don't know. I just don't find it exciting. And, Mm. and again, that might be because I'm not familiar with him. I mean, I mentioned Mm. with, with Chris Bailey, I mentioned that the more I listen to the saints and the more I learn about the saints, the more excited I am. And the same thing happened with Elvis Costello. The more I listen and the more I, I learn about Elvis Costello, the more appreciation I have. And I get excited about hearing some of the songs, you know, and some of the albums that he's done. And so maybe that's just what I need to do. I need to listen to more, more Graham Parker.
0: You know? Yeah, well my 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 uh, experience with Graham Parker was uh, not not much more than than what you were at before uh-huh. we sat down to listen to this. So I, I'd certainly heard him um, referenced um, you know, from time to time in the realm of like being an influential um, artist in the in the new wave movement. And I'd heard a song here and a song there, and I was obviously underwhelmed by them because I've never sought out his stuff. Um, I I really, my understanding is that this one album really is the relevant album for us to be talking about on a podcast like this. So as I was listening to it, I I like this. I I like this album. Um, uh, I don't love it, but I do like it. Uh, quite a bit. There were four artists that kept springing to mind. Um, three of them very, very obvious, and four, and the fourth one a, a lot more obscure. Um, so, and you mentioned one of them already. So, th- I there is a lot of Elvis Costello's first album. Uh-huh. Uh, in here, I don't I don't know if the influence was direct or not. Uh, my understanding is that Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe and Graham Parker they all kind of ran in the same circles, and they were they were probably very very influential to each other. Um, so. Elvis Costello's first album, and really only his first album. Once he gets the attractions, the sound is very different. Uh Um, And then uh, Nick Lowe. I thought of Nick Lowe a fair amount. But the artist that I really thought of as I was listening to this album is Joe Jackson. Oh, yeah. 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 So... I love Joe Jackson when he was doing his, you know, post-punk stuff before he got into the the pop jazz thing. Um, And you know that I have mixed feelings about Elvis Costello's first album. And I am not a big fan of Nick Lowe at all. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So...
0: So I I would say that you know for this album, I I think there it's it's uh, you know kind of a below Joe Jackson's output and the Ellis Costello's first album, but but I certainly enjoy it a lot more than Nick Lowe. I mean he's not, um, Graham Parker is not smug, mm-hmm. you know, which is what I find so off-putting about about Nick Lowe I think the songwriting is pretty good uh it doesn't touch Joe Jackson or Ellis Costello obviously because those are two absolute masters uh but the the stuff that the sort sort of like the high points of the album uh squeezing out sparks for me is uh the musicality of it and the arrangements. Yeah. And this is, this is one of those albums where most of the songs, I like the second half of the song better than the first half of the song. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. the Because the songwriting is okay, but it's nothing spectacular. But the second, half of the the song, they've kind of like got the story out of the way and then they just kind of like let loose a little bit more. You're going to hear that in both of the songs that uh, we're featuring tonight where towards the end of the song, they just sort of like the band takes over and the energy gets high and it's it's not so much about the structure of the song as they just kind of get in this great little groove as they as they're gearing up for that finale. Oh yeah. That's those are the magic moments on yeah. this on this album. So so there's a lot to like about this. Okay. It's not and a couple of these songs I've thrown onto my own personal playlist, but it's I don't think it's an album that I'm gonna go back to a lot, but I know a lot of people love it. So let's uh, let's listen to a couple of songs off of this album, um, and I I picked both of these songs because Rob, you were um, you just sort of deferred to me yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. So I did. So uh, first song, probably my favorite song off the album, is a song called Protection. So-
2: I must get
1: I have to say that I think this is probably my favorite song off the album as well. And again, you know what I like about it? A, a couple of things actually. Um, uh, one is is the songwriting. Um, you know, I enjoy the story he's telling. And uh, two is that kind of what you mentioned. There's a point in there where the band changes gears,
2: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
1: and it feels like. It feels like a different song. I mean, it kicks back into what was going mm-hmm. on before, but it's almost like they kind of do their own thing, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so yeah. I, I really yeah. did. I really did like this, and and I think what you were talking about is going to be in the back of my mind when I go back and listen to some more. So we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. I may I may end up liking mm-hmm. it a little more.
0: Yeah. Well, the uh, the stuff that I really gravitate to are the songs that sound like really good, um, Joe Jackson songs. Mm -hmm. And that may sound like a backhanded compliment, but I really love Joe Jackson, you know, in his first cup, several albums. So, so discovering a new song that sounds like good Joe Jackson in that period, that is, that's gold for me. I'm so I'm really sort of excited about that. Um, but ultimately, I think at the end of the day, I'd rather actually just listen to Joe Jackson. But, <laughs> yeah, you sure. know, my own personal opinion, yada da 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 it's all subjective, blah, 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 art, forgot to do that whole disclaimer at the top. Yeah, but this,
1: this is an opinion show.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody knows the, the deal at this point. Yeah. Um, so the second song we're going to listen to tonight is a song called uh, Nobody Hurts You. Now, this song... Is a little cheesier. There are there are a couple elements in this song that make me go, oh gosh, I would like it so much better if it wasn't there. But this really is like the the last third of the song just makes the entire song, where they just kind of get going and rev up. Um, and uh, so let's uh, let's go ahead and listen to that.
1: is is a word that I think I would use it it's it's got like this fun energy in it and it, it kind of mm-hmm. sounds like like Graham is having just having a ball um and you know the the music is a bit jaunty but I I feel like there's some like rock guitar in there you know um and and this is kind of where I felt like you know there's, there's a little bit of rock and roll in his... There's a lot more than just a little bit of rock and roll in his music. But uh, I don't know. It, it It is kind of a fun song, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, w- I will say one last thing about this album, um, which is you can directly graph my enjoyment of a song to, like, ha- how aggressive and fast it is so uh as soon as he kind of slows down and starts singing his like love songs yeah uh, i i'm lost it's just yeah there's (laughs) just there's not much there for me but when he is you know when he is absolutely ramped up and just uh pounding it out um there i really like the energy um, and I really like the musicality of yeah. the of the arrangements and of the band so so i'm I am thrilled that I have this now in my repertoire.
2: yeah
0: um, now I know what's going on i i don't I, I don't feel compelled, especially since I know that this is his most kind of new ways post punk band. I don't really feel compelled to to seek out uh, much more of his stuff, but who mm-hmm. knows? Never say never, maybe someday. You know,
1: not being familiar with Graham Parker, I actually listened to more of his music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that I liked the later stuff more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and again, that may change as I familiarize myself with all of his albums. Because I think I am going to try to go and listen to more. Um, oh, good. You know, just give it a go. Uh, uh-huh. but, but I really enjoyed some of the, like, you know some of the more recent albums, some of the more recent songs. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of that kind of energy, that high energy um, uh, the lyrics not the songs aren't especially like great songs, but there is a lot of fun energy in the albums, and uh, I don't know I, I you know it was that energy that kind of got me going I, I don't like to to fall asleep, and like you said, certain songs you just kind of get lost, but yeah, I'm gonna give them a go.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, that is Graham Parker's um, album, Squeezing Out Sparks. It was released in March of 1979. It is officially uh, a contender, um, if you love it, to put it on your end of the year list. and yeah, so I guess we can move on. So the great thing about doing a bonus track episode is mm-hmm. that um, we get a we get a we have plenty of time to 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 circle back and talk more about the April '79 releases. You remember how I was kind of griping about. How we just didn't have time to listen to <laughs> as many songs as, as I had wanted to. Yeah. So yeah. this is kind of perfect for me. I am resolute. I will not use the D word once. Boy. I just <laughs> <laughs> as as I was editing that episode, I was like, boy, I I, I was I was like a a dog with a bone on that so, word wasn't it
1: <laughs> so you don't you don't have to say it but for those of you who may have for some some reason missed the last episode the d word is delightful and joseph isn't going to say it but i can throw it out there because i don't think i used it maybe once that that episode but uh, that's funny yeah did you count did you count well, how many times
0: <laughs> i no, it was it was many too many um okay. <laughs> uh, so but I do have my list of synonyms here, so yeah, I will defer you. to it as as <laughs> we go along. <laughs> but honestly, none of these are uh, are particularly um, satisfying. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. <laughs> but um, I will be using this. I will be deferring to my list of synonyms. Um, as we go through these <laughs> next several, we're not we're not going to do a song from every one of the albums that we talked about, but yeah. there, there were That's certain ones where we we had picked a song and then we just we couldn't fit it on because yeah. of time. So yeah, so let's start out with the only ones. Uh-huh. Their second album called Only Serpent Shine. So the song that we listened to last episode was the one you picked, so mm-hmm. I get to pick a song this time, and I think probably my favorite song off of this album is a song called Miles From Nowhere. You find it tempting to
2: give up the ghost, you always sell to the one who the most you paid for your love.
1: Episode, the only ones I was starting to really warm up to them uh, with with this album, um, and and I I like this song a lot. I think that uh, I mean you know I think they turned out to be a pretty good band. So mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah I I'm still um, not nearly as hot on this one as their first one um, uh-huh. for all of the reasons that I went over last episode but um i I particularly like this song um i it has got it's got some great kind of poetic but not cheesy uh-huh. which is a a delicate balance yeah. um so so uh kudos to, to use them a different d word <laughs> to, yeah. to use a different d
1: word um, <laughs> yeah yeah good call.
0: Okay, so let's move on to the members. You and I are familiar with the members song. It was just like, it was it was in the back of my head. I always knew that I was familiar with the members and that I knew them at least one member song, but I just I couldn't remember because I, you know, as a teenager, I had so many compilations and everything. But the members are um, are featured in our favorite, New Wave <laughs> concert uh, film, yeah. erg a music war. Music war
1: right.
0: Yeah, so so the song "Offshore Banking Business" um, was a song that was included on the soundtrack. So i I have listened to it probably yeah. over a hundred times. Same, you know, yeah, over the years. Um, but honestly, that song sounds a lot different than the stuff off of uh, their debut album. So that is more like, um, more like squarely reggae-esque with, um, you know, the, the kind of reggae that young punks were, were making in the early eighties. Um, and so I just, I just didn't, it's, it was different enough that it didn't, I didn't make the connection when I was listening to to their first album. Uh, so Offshore Banking Business is a member song that we've been familiar with for a long time. So we listened to a couple of songs off of that album, but both of us really, really enjoyed that album, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I would
1: um, almost use a, a word that you're trying to stay away from.
0: You mean like you find it alluring or amusing or beautiful or captivating or delectable?
2: I think
1: think all of those work, yes.
0: Delectable? I'm not quite sure. I'm I'm yeah, a little iffy not. on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe not delectable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, we we definitely um, owe it to ourselves to to listen to another song off of this album. Uh, so let's listen to Soho a go go.
1: I really like the way this song kind of starts out real mellow and kind of leads you into it and then like just totally amps up and, and gets that energy yeah. going it's a high energy I mean this is one of the reasons why I really enjoy you know listening to this band uh, when we did our research for that, that episode they, uh, the energy is just so good so good
0: yeah yeah absolutely Okay, let's move on to um the Fingerprints first album um called The Very Dab. Now, this is a album that I found enchanting, engaging, enjoyable, entertaining and fascinating, but <laughs> you not so much, right?
1: Yeah. Um it, you know, there was I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe I was overwhelmed by so many good, you know, so much <laughs> stuff. There was this It was a. I almost said a sensual delight. Um, (laughs) but but I'm not a huge fan of the album. That's for Mm, sure. mm
0: -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Well, uh, what really appeals to me about uh, the songs on this album is how each one um, has its own feel. Not stylistically so much. It's not schizophrenic, but. Um, the, the, the ethos of each song is, um, uh, I, I find kind of compelling and like a lot of bands, I think are a lot lazier about spending the extra time and energy to, to give each song its own little flavor. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so, um, and I think a, another good example of, I th- the the song we listened to last uh episode was was a great example but the song fingerprints so this is silly okay so the name of the band is fingerprints with the tz and the name of this song uh uh, so the name of the band is one word the name of the song is one word it's fingerprints but it's p-r-i-n-c-e like someday my prince will come um for whatever reason. Um <laughs> and so let's let's go ahead and listen to
2: that. And if I escape.
1: so what I like about this song is it's got this great bass it's got this great like beat and it it's kind of dark and creepy I gotta say <laughs> you know the the atmosphere the mood is pretty is uh I don't know it's pretty dark and i I, I really dig that so mm-hmm. um uh, they're an interesting band, you know? They're an interesting band. I like them.
0: Two Boy Army. So yes. this is uh, their second album called Replicas. And um, we heard a couple of songs off of um, from the last episode. I'm going to listen to one more because both of us really... Very, very much enjoy this album, right? I, I'm not trying yeah, not no, no. to put words in your mouth, but
1: um... Um, this album, I think, turned out to be like my favorite of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I'm becoming a huge fan, so um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm happy with listening to another song.
2: Right now <laughs>
0: song it must have been years and you know that i picked it because it's got guitars yeah (laughs) this is this is really sort of the um last chance this album is the last chance we're gonna get to hear a lot of guitars from gary you know from music that gary newman does for a while i think as i was listening to the songs with guitar and you know cuz i always thought oh it's the it's the guitar songs that i like and i thought i was thinking that i really liked it because of the guitar but what i realized was like for this album there it's the it's the songs with guitars that also has the really aggressive bass and it is actually, when I sat down and really thought about it, oh, it's the bass that really pulls me in. So it's not the guitar so much as the fact that when there's guitars, it is accompanied by this much more aggressive, much funkier bass, which I just love. Yeah. Right on. So I am most excited uh, as far as like circling back and revisiting these albums we talked about. Um, the fact that we get to play another um, song by the Pop Group. Yeah. Uh, so we said a lot about that album. I I said a lot about that album. So I don't know that we need to to cash through it again. Um, but as as I mentioned before, the uh, it starts out with the most like accessible songs and slowly gets more and more difficult to listen to. I mean, the first song, which is the song we're going to listen to tonight, which is by far their most popular song, um, is their most accessible song. It's still, it's still challenging for sure. Um, you know, it's not like a sellout song or anything, but, um, it's got some great funk to it and it's, pretty, well it's their most accessible song. So let's go ahead and listen to uh, the song that starts out the album called She is Beyond Good and Evil.
1: Really liking the pop group uh, from from doing research from that episode, and and this song, as it starts out, I'm like, I bet Joseph likes this because it it's kind of funky, like the way it starts mm-hmm. out. It just it feels like that funk that you dig, you know? Um, what a great song, man! I, I'm glad that we're doing this this bonus track and we can listen to all the music we didn't get a chance to last time because <laughs> because this is really good, it's good stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, let's see, going down my list of of um adjectives it is lovely, luscious, pleasing, refreshing, satisfying and thrilling. Yeah. Okay. None <laughs> of which I feel like really well, thrilling, it is I I would call it thrilling, but sure. uh, <laughs> the rest rest of them I'm not sure quite quite fit, but um yeah, I I really Really do like that song a lot, um, for sure. So it is no accident that we left Patrick Fitzgerald till the end, the last album we're going to revisit, because of course, um, this album, Grubby Songs, is uh, we are going to be talking about next episode, whenever that comes out, the deep dive <laughs> on Patrick Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Um, and i'll tell you so going into the deep dive will have already featured three songs off of this album but there are so many good songs off yeah. this album oh, man, to pick true. from it's not like we are you know we're just going to have the the dregs at the bottom of the barrel uh for the deep dive there's you know my my favorite i my favorite songs are like there's like 5 or 6 of them. Of course yeah. there's a lot of songs period on this album, but yeah. um yeah. what a, what a good album. I'm I um I, how are you doing? I'm about halfway through his catalog.
1: Um I over the years have heard pretty much everything he's done. Really? And yeah. and I uh I honestly the stuff I like the most um is the it's the stuff that came out. The stuff he did before his first album.
0: <laughs> but. Mm, okay. But, so so I'm going to be. You weren't going to have a lot to discuss. Because I'm not all the. Uh, you know I'm only halfway through. But I'm really liking how adventuresome he is. Yeah. And I was kind of dreading like. Oh my gosh. It's just going to be album after album. Of a boy and his beat up yeah. uh, acoustic guitar. Banging away in the studio. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the thing, though. Is is I really enjoyed that beat up acoustic guitar. But you're right, and and I don't dislike anything he's ever done. I mean, I actually mm. really do. Mm-hmm. I get into it, and a lot of the later stuff, a lot yeah. of the later stuff. But yeah. he he does get adventurous, and he does get a little e- electronic, and he tries out some, you know, he tries out yeah, some new stuff every album he, practically.
0: He he is an adventuresome soul, which is he is that is a. a Artist after my yeah. own heart,
1: as, uh, as, for for sure. Yeah, as as we will talk about when we get into the deep dive. There's a point where even he gave up on being that, you know lonesome boy with a beat up guitar busking on the corner. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to make me a, 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 a new wave album or an electronic. I, I'm going to do something just, just fun. I'm not going to do something that's complaining and, and, and whining about stuff.
0: Yeah. So. Well, I mean, spoil alert. Uh, he does that pretty fast.
1: He does. Yeah. He kicks into it pretty quick. You're right <laughs> yeah. about
0: that. Yeah. So, so part of, part of the, the problem that we're having, um, first of all, we are not going to have a guest. We tried, but he is so <laughs> obscure that I got to the point where I was just like sending out blind emails to like, oh, this person created a playlist, you know, based on his music. Or this yeah. person wrote a review of one of his live albums, you know, 10 yeah. years ago. And uh, we just, we couldn't, we couldn't find anyone, um, yeah. which is... Uh, Partially reflects his obscurity, and then, but mostly reflects my just sort of like disorganization, and uh, <laughs> so it's real nice when we're talking about a band where oh somebody does a podcast about that band, right? Yeah. It's kind of like plopped in your lap. So well, um, we
1: will, we may actually be the very first. How's that? Another
0: about? part of it is the fact that. A lot of his albums are just really hard to find. So Spotify yeah. has a few, and um, the rest of them we have to just kind of start googling and poking around, and and uh, you know just kind of piecemeal it together. So yeah. that is uh, that is part of the problem of, of why we're we're not totally on the ball for it this time but it's definitely going to be worth it worth the wait worth the extra effort for sure so let's listen to another song to whet everybody's appetite get um hopefully just as excited as we are about the upcoming deep dive uh once again this is a song off of his uh debut album called grubby songs uh this is a song called
2: adopted girl Adopted girl, doesn't like a mother, doesn't have a father around. won't stay at home. Adopted girl, does whatever she wants, fuck you. Adopted girl, runs away from home with someone she met the other night, fuck you. Telephones you, can he come home? No, slams the phone down, crying now. Sleeping's not so easy, after the only few minutes of happiness that you will ever own. I
1: could and I have listened to Patrick Fitzgerald for hours on end and nothing else. Um, yeah. And and this song is just, I mean, it is a great album. And I said that my favorite stuff is before his first album comes out. But but in, again, everything he has done is pretty amazing. And I think it's because it all comes from the heart, you know, and it comes mm-hmm. from it comes from him working his ass off to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which which kind of makes it almost heartbreaking that he's not as big as, uh, say, the Saints or or, you know, Gary Newman or, uh, you know, people like that, because he has he's put in the work and uh, and he's kicked out some really great stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I particularly like this song because he's kind of really at his like snottiest, snotty punkiest little yeah, brat with a guitar <laughs> which he is she's is, is a lot of fun. In fact, I would call it enchanting, engaging, enjoyable, entertaining and fascinating. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So, wow, once again, April, what a great great month 1979 yeah. as far as as far as output So, um, I, I am, May is going to be just as good. I'm, I'm starting to work a little bit on May and I'm very, very excited about it. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. So, So, um, I think that other than the Chris Bailey song that we're going to go out on, I think that's all of the music we're going to feature tonight, unless there's something that just last minute pops up into your brain rob
1: no no no
0: um i
1: think it's all been in here in fact i'm probably going to go back and listen to this playlist again so
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so uh one little thing that i just i want to mention that doesn't really have anything to do with anything but something that i sort of like experienced last night so I, i sat down you know how people have like these little things that just kind of bug them that they're you know they they get kind of irrationally annoyed by um Uh i'm kind of discovering that i have one of those when it comes to time period movies so i was um uh, watching a movie last night and i think it was called something like summer days summer nights i think okay um it's a it's a recent movie came out in the last year or so it's on one of the streaming sites uh, probably uh i i can't remember it was either hulu or netflix or amazon prime um <clears throat> and it's set in 1982 right so it it says right at the beginning, it says summer nineteen eighty two. And I think it's set in the Staten Island or someplace. Uh mm-hmm. someplace back back east. But um <clears throat> and it's one of those sort of like coming of age, you know, just graduated from high school, the summer before you go off to college and become an adult. You know, there's not like There's no mystery. There's no big plot. It's all just about capturing the feel of being 18 in 1982. So it's very much about the period. I mean, otherwise, I wouldn't like worry about it, but because it was specifically about a time and a place and, um, you know, just capturing that feel. There's a lot, because they were teenagers, there's a lot of music, right? Sure, and, yeah. you know, in in, mu- in movies, there's two different types of music. There's the environmental music in the sense that, oh, somebody's actually listening to a song on the radio or somebody's singing the song or whatever. And then there's other more like soundtrack songs that are just played in montages and all mm-hmm. of that. So it's summer of 1982, and you know you're hearing very, very time appropriate songs by the Go Go's and all of that—a lot of like beach-related stuff—and I was fine with it. And then suddenly, um, in one of like the makeout scenes, they start playing The Cure's "Love Cats." And I went, wait a minute, 1982? (laughs) And it just bugged me because that, you know, I went and looked it up. Didn't come out until the end of 83. So it (laughs) was like way off. Now, giving credit to the director, I imagine that he knew that. um, But for whatever reason, he felt like, oh, this is absolutely the song that has to be in here.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, But I'll tell you what. I stopped watching it at, at that point because it just <laughs> bugged me so much. It's like, dude, you totally, t- you you, you're like, credibility is just out of the window. Yeah. You can't play a song that hasn't even been released, um, you know, until a year and a half later. That's just bogus. Yeah. So apparently I'm one of those, I'm turning into comic book guy from The oh, Simpsons. No. <laughs> comic book guy. <laughs>
1: right. That's that's really funny. I mean, you know, there are movies where, like, it's cool if you're watching like a gangster flick and it's kind of tongue in cheek and there's a guy in a, you know, in a a club playing, playing, uh, you know, something by the Beatles on the down low. It's that that is a choice. But but when you misrepresent the cure,
0: (laughs) well, well, there's a reason
1: this there's a reason this movie didn't get a goal, you know, an Oscar. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> well who knows it might i think it's yeah. i think it's pretty pretty new but you know even i mean even something that is further in the past that's totally acceptable um but something that hasn't even come out yet is just it's just weird to me i mean there are some songs where it's totally appropriate i mean lord knows that quentin tarantino does it all the time time, right but that's not those are all you know weird warp flights of fancy where the the whole point that i got of from this was you know the director that was when he was that age growing yeah. up, and he wanted to, you know, capture it and everything. And when that's the whole point is to to capture a place and a time, you you can't play fast and loose with the with the score. I, I, I no, mean, no. obviously you can. He did. Um, I'm. He, he's not gonna get spanked for it or anything. You know. Well, he might. But, he... <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I just. I discovered it's a pet peeve of mine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you are continually learning about yourself just in this podcast. I think that's great. Yeah,
0: (laughs) turning turning into a grumpy old man for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, uh, it it is a cool song, by the way. It's one of
0: my. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, he he should have you know made it nineteen eighty four, and then it would have worked. Yeah, and then then I probably would have gotten through the whole thing. Anyway, and
1: and he could have kept all the other songs.
0: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> okay, uh, I think we're about ready to wrap up. Is there anything else that you want to cover?
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, I did want to give a shout out to somebody. Um, I was at my day job today. And a gentleman walked in and was asking about the podcast. Apparently, I had met him before the pandemic started, when we were still just talking about putting this podcast together. And, uh, you know, he and I were talking music, and we were talking about... I think uh David Byrne and Talking Heads and David Byrne had come out with a couple of books and so he wanted to see him but the guy we we didn't talk too much about his music but
0: So this is this is just to be clear this is the guy that you just met Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. there in the bookstore because and, he was a customer yeah. and you were Because he was a customer. Yeah. being a good uh a good um I don't know bookkeep? No, book not, seller. not seller. a bookkeeper. Bu- um, Bookseller, yeah. <laughs> Uh, A chiller of books. Uh, That was his bookie.
1: Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we were talking about David Byrne and talking about music. And then, uh, you know, I just mentioned that we were going to do this little podcast. And he thought that was really cool. (laughs) And uh, so he came into the shop and he said, hey, are you you Rob? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, man, the podcast, right? And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And I realized who it was. And uh, so I thought I'd give him a shout out because this guy, he and I, you know he comes into the bookstore to buy a book but we ended up spending like 20 minutes almost 30 minutes just talking about music nice. <laughs> so and it was fun now, now his his name is Derek and um he uh, he actually gave me the name of his band mm. which is on Spotify mm-hmm. and uh it's you know it's singer-songwriter kind of stuff it's not punk from 76 to 86 and it's not new wave but uh it's some pretty cool stuff and and uh, his band is called redwood sky so uh i don't know i encourage anybody to go give a listen to Derek's music and and to, to you know give a shout out and say you heard it from from me here just to say hey so anyway he was pretty cool nice. and i really enjoyed talking to him so yeah hey Derek. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice to get like physical evidence that there are people out there actually listening to the podcast. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hey, I want to remind everybody that, um, uh, it would be awfully nice if you went to, um, Apple podcasts and left a review. We, we haven't gotten a new review in quite a few months. Um, so if you haven't done that, Yet, uh if you could do us a solid, pop over there, give us a rating, write a couple of sentences or just a sentence, just say I dig it or whatever you want to say. Helps a lot um with our rankings and our visibility. So there's that. Yeah. Rob, you want to remind everybody how they can how they can find us out you on met. the interwebs?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you were talking like, you know, DNA and fingerprints and stuff like that. Mm. But you guys can find us on Instagram, Deep Dives at Deep Cuts. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, the same, Deep Dives at Deep Cuts. And uh, you can also send us an email at deepdives.deepcuts at gmail.com. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. We, we, we always include that email address in the description yeah. as well
1: fantastic so yeah hit us up send us a line uh you know tell us what we're missing if if you guys have a great band as as many of you do that that you feel belongs on our uh, podcast let us know try to squeeze it in maybe in a bonus track if we miss them by a month
0: All right. Well, I have run out of things to talk about, Rob. So I think it's time for us to wrap up. As promised, we're going to go yeah, out yeah. on one last song uh, by Chris Bailey. So this is, was originally released on a, um, a Saints album. Um, mm-hmm. The song Ghost Ship was on which album? Uh,
1: Prodigal Son. Prodigal it's go-
0: it's Son. Ghost, ghost
1: Ships, plural. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, it 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 is by the way a very delightful song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we are actually go- going to go out not on the original album version, but rather a live version that Chris Bailey um, uh, did. Uh, it's the soundtrack for a concert called Mushroom Twenty Five Live, which was released in nineteen ninety eight. So um, enjoy that. We're gonna pour one out for Chris Bailey. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and yeah, otherwise a week or two we're gonna be all about Mr. Patrick Fitzgerald. Very excited about that. Um, and thank you, Rob. It's, thank you. As Jessica. as always, it was a, a delight. See, I'm not very talking good. about music, so good. I can do it. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> uh, to, to chit-chat with you about this and that. And um, we will speak again soon.
1: Absolutely.
2: See ya. Oh, ships are sailing on to seas And the light that was in the darkness Well, it does not shine on me I'm like an old man, i run To find the shore And the light that was in your eyes Baby doesn't shine there anymore So wait until tomorrow And then we'll see You know I don't know about tomorrow